Go ahead. How's the new year looking for you? The new year looking for me. Um, fast, very fast. Um, a good fast, but um, I think we we're, were talking about this before we jumped on here. So I was expecting as a gym owner and particular a CrossFit gym owner, I was expecting uh, January is usually, you know, not super busy. Like you get a few people coming in here and there, but it's historically, it's not one of our busy months. Um, usually as we get close to like March, April, um, that's when things like really ramp up. But I, I don't know if it's COVID or, or what, but for some reason, this January is unique. And we had the new year over the weekend and then we come into Monday and it was like, boom, boom, boom. Um, everything just came in hot. There were new people starting up and I've chatted with all those people and they, they've all, you know, had different answers as to why, like, you know, now was the time to start for them. But I almost feel like people are waking up to the idea that it's not just like fitness that they need to do. They kind of need like a, a lifestyle shift. And some of that has to do with like being around like-minded people. Sometimes when people work out on their own, they go to the gym by themselves. They don't really connect with others or there's no opportunity to make connections. Uh, and some of these people have been working from home for a while. So they don't have any separation between like exercise and work and home. So they need a place to come to where they can just let loose. Uh, so that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing people trickle in where they they've come to the conclusion. They just need something completely different than what they've always done. That's interesting. I mean, it almost maximizes the effect of what you're like the home workouts are convenient, right? But if home and work are both at home, you need something to, to change, right? You need something to get out. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I, I know for me, there's only so much of home I can take. Like that would upset my wife to, to <laughs> and I don't mean. He doesn't watch like these that. anyway, does she? Yeah. <laughs> Jacqueline, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, she would be the first one to say this as well. Like, she wants to be working in an office. She wants to be out of the apartment. Um, so like coming to the gym in particular for my wife is a very important thing because it gives her an opportunity just to like get out and be somewhere different and see people. Um, but she, you know, most of us are no different from, you know, each other. And the fact that like, we do need some kind of human connection, even if we consider ourselves like very introverted or very private people it's still nice to like see other faces, um, especially if those are faces that like you get along with and you generally like being around. Uh, sometimes you don't like being around your family all the time. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> so when you can see people that yet are like-minded and like you, you just enjoy spending time with it's, it makes for like the best hour of your day. Yeah. How have you guys, you know, you mentioned you think it might be COVID obviously, um, you know, right now COVID's ramping up, if anything. Um, mm -hmm. How has that affected you guys as a gym? I mean, I, I feel like that would be a concern. We're certainly on our end in the rehab world, we're seeing more cancellations in the last month than I think we've had in two years. I've learned that 
for as much as I want to operate like in this like field or this zone in which like I'm comfortable, um, there's always some gray area that needs to happen. And I learned probably from last year that I need to create options for people to, you know, to take part in that makes them feel more comfortable if they are, you know, a little weary about, about being around large groups of people that maybe I need to open up the gym more, you know, outside of class hours for people to come in, or maybe I need to send them work to do while they're at home. Maybe they do need to work out from home and they have equipment. It's not ideal, but you know, for those people that love coming here and that now they have to work out from home, it's, it's not a, a perfect scenario, but it's, it's better than nothing. And I know we talked about that on the last cause, like something is better than nothing. Um, right. And then for other people, I've had members uh, come down with COVID and they take a break and from, from coming in obviously, cause they need to quarantine, but I communicate with them weekly and, and I even send them some stuff to do, or they just do our, our at home version of, uh, of our daily wad that we have posted uh, you, for our gym. Do you program a home version? Yeah, we have a home version. Yes. So like if it requires less equipment or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, you know, and some people, you know, it's not always COVID related, uh, for others, like their job is really ramped up or their schedule has been thrown off because of like school for their kids. So I've had some people ask me, like, I don't know what to do because I can't make it to the class times. I, I just I'm clueless. Like, how do I how do I do this? And I'm like, well, do you have any free time during the day? They're like, yeah, during the day, but you don't have classes. I'm like, come in. I'll be in here in the gym. Get your butt in here and work out. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah, they're like, wait, yeah. what? Like, just come in. I'm like, yes, come in, work out. <laughs> <laughs> you need it. Like, you need it for your sanity, one, but like, you know, this is a big part of your day and what you look forward to. Don't deprive yourself of that. Yeah. So, I guess that leads us into what we intended to talk about, which is work life balance. Um, what, what are things you're doing? I mean, in addition to what you just mentioned, what are things you're doing this year that maybe you weren't doing last year or two years ago? Uh, you're in pre-COVID. Yeah. It's like three years ago now. You know, I, I think we were on the track of doing what we are now doing, but we just didn't have the framework together. So we had kind of already known that like nutrition was going to be a big part, right? And that's, that's like the popular thing to talk about nowadays is food and exercise but I started to feel pre COVID how much there was missing from the mental side of things. I was getting frustrated, you know, as a coach and I know members were getting frustrated as to, you know, why they couldn't see progress or why they didn't feel better. And it was a a slew of things. It's never one thing, but I've realized how much getting things right up here and the brain is important as to how it's going to control how you operate like each day and how disciplined you're going to be. Um, you know, we, we brush our teeth every day, but we don't necessarily give ourselves time to eat lunch every day. Like Mm -hmm. what the fuck? Like, 
Nick can attest to that. <laughs> how does that happen? How um, long do you go without a lunch break? You, you book patients from nine to six with no break. That's how it happens. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, 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 like I drank three bangs though. Is that okay? Is that, yeah, does that count as nutrition? Yeah. It's, got, it's got uh creatine and eaas in it or something everything the body needs <laughs> <laughs> Stupid charge. So my energy's still up here at six o'clock yeah so i think i have i i now concentrate a lot more time on mental health and that's a very loose term because i think people think of mental health as ah you know what like i'm okay i don't need it there's probably more of us that need some kind of therapy or meditation or just mental check-ins than there are that that don't and i'm someone that used to think like yeah i got some issues but i've worked through them i'm fine now so so what do you do i mean what are you what are you doing with your members what what does that mean so we have a this uh this past year not this year but uh last year i implemented a uh yoga class and unlike making it for the members only i chose to go to a a community yoga class there was a donation-based class you didn't you don't have to pay for it if you want to donate to the community, sweet. If not, it's okay. But members, people in the neighborhood, friends of members, uh, family members of, of members, anyone can come in and experience yoga and for an hour on Sundays. The thing is, I, you know, I've, I've seen many gyms attempt a yoga class that lasts a couple of weeks and it seems like it fails members oh yeah you know they love the first class it dwindles down and nobody's going anymore i mean how long is it it's been, how, it's been a year now that it's been running a uh, little over actually i was there was that two weeks ago yeah it's and been a little over a year. 30 people there i mean it was that's insane yeah it was packed yeah, we Karen started I- it in 2020 i think in the summer of 2020 we started it and it started off small Mm-hmm. um and then it just blew up and now people come in you you can tell you know who's carrying a lot of weight on their shoulders like coming into the yoga class um and i'm someone that has been there myself but it is a really nice way to break up the week mm-hmm. come in recharge your batteries it, i wouldn't call it a, a hot yoga class by any means <laughs> it, it gets sometimes chilly in the gym uh, is a vast open space can, but we, we try to concentrate mostly on getting people to come down off the high stress of either exercise or what's going on at work or what's going on at family. Like everyone lives with their stress level, like up here. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to get them to come back down, uh, which is why people have trouble sleeping. It's nice to enter across the gym and have a something that you can move but not have it at high intensity right yeah it's it's a very good way to break it up so that's that was one of the first things we did can before you move on can i so with that yoga class uh you know you say yoga but 
you can have yoga that's pretty darn intense. Like your heart rate can be elevated that entire class. And then mm-hmm. you, know, you got everything from Bikram to the, the different flows. What's the focus of the, of the class? So it would be more of, and, and I don't want people to get the wrong impression of this is, is I would say like it's therapeutic yoga, but it really is therapeutic and it's not necessarily easy, but it, it's not a hot yoga class where you go in there to sweat really hard and almost feel like smoked afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're trying to get people to do is leave here feeling like they're lighter mm-hmm. and that the day just got easier. So yeah, we put people in tough positions that can get in there. We do hands-on assist for, for folks that, you know, want that and are okay with that. You know, some people that maybe don't want to be touched right now with like the pandemic, we're very understanding of that. But um, we have two, sometimes three uh, yoga instructors that are in the class. So it's very personal um you know when people come in it it feels almost like a community for yoga and i you know i think it's also important that there were coaches here and like like gym leadership participating and not not in front of the class but just as you know participants yeah and people see that and it it makes them want to come more Mm -hmm. yeah so everyone has kind of bought in including me i'm not a yoga person by any stretch but I do enjoy the things that I get from yoga. Um, Now, if I wasn't recovering from hernia surgery, I would have been at yoga like weeks ago, but uh, I am looking forward to like being back at yoga like this weekend. Uh, So I I'll actually pop into yoga for the first time in a while. Um, But it's, it's just a very special feeling to see people come together on a Sunday and yeah, they're on, they're in weekend mode, but they're about ready to ramp up for the week. So it's really a good way. Like I know for me, I can get stressed out on Sundays thinking about the week, but yoga puts like a cap on that. Like I'm able to govern it a little bit more. So why do you think you were able to get folks from outside the gym to come in? That's usually one of the biggest issues. I think it's a testament as to what kind of people are here at C-Town, not just me. Um, I firmly believe that it's my coaches, it's the members, it's the, the people that teach yoga here, everyone plays a part in helping to bring people here. And, you know, a lot of preconceived notions of this place is, you know, that's an intense place. It's a CrossFit gym, but Mm -hmm. I think when people come in here, they're very surprised that we have something like yoga and the amount of people that are here for yoga is impressive. Yeah. I, the, I honestly, I thought walking into maybe five folks and yeah, it was a so it's different. packed room. Yeah. It is different than maybe some CrossFit gyms that have yoga classes that are they're relatively small. Um, and I think they're on the right track, like with, with where they're going with it. It's, you know, for me, it's not about the money, which is why, like, I don't, I don't care to charge for yoga, but like, if I did, I would make sure it's, you know, the yoga instructors keeping the money because it's their time. Um, one thing I found with, with yoga instructors, they're very generous people. Um, it's really hard to pay yoga instructors as a gym (laughs) owner. (laughs) Um, but it is, they're amazing people. And 
I think that's a big reason why so many people are attracted to our Sunday yoga is just how incredible the people are that come in here. Mm -hmm. It's just, they're the nicest, most genuine folks that you could ever meet that, that come in here on Sundays. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, and I think it's interesting that you lump yoga into what you're doing for your mental health piece. Right. Cause I, I'm all, I, I agree hundred percent this, uh, this idea that fitness always has to be up high intensity. Um, we need moments where we, we drop our sympathetic nervous system. We can kind of get into that relaxed state and the right yoga class does that very well. Um, not all, but the right, you know, definitely there's some that do. If it's not your, yeah, I think the challenge for, if I was a yoga studio owner, I think at some point you'd have to give your members workouts, right? Cause that's also what, what some people want if that's all they did. Um, but you guys can dial it in to meet your community. That's kind of cool. Yeah. The flip side, like too much of one thing being, you know, a detriment to, you know, each person's like quote unquote progress, but yeah, it's, it's tough to find that sweet spot, which I think we, we kind of have with yoga, whether it was an accident or it was just meant to be um, mm -hmm. the people that are involved with that are, are awesome. And I am forever grateful that we, we have the people that we do to, you know, to keep, keep that going. Cause it's, yeah, that's really cool. That's it's really great. Cool. So what else are you guys doing? Um, I interrupted you there, but what else are you guys doing for mental kind of that mental awareness piece? So my I'm working, I've been working on a project for quite some time and it is, I would say it's my baby. Uh, it's the one that I'm most passionate <laughs> about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, and Malta, <laughs> it's a very complex project and a lot of moving parts, bringing a lot of people in to be involved. It started off with my personal story, which I, you know, when we got shut down in COVID and we were coming back, I was getting to a place where I was very uncomfortable mentally. And I came to the, to the conclusion that I didn't want, want to do what I did for a living anymore. I didn't want to be a coach anymore. And it was my life's passion, my life's work. And I can remember sitting down one night and turning to my wife and saying, I'm going to quit like what I do for a living. And it's because of X, Y, and Z. I was frustrated with communication between you know coach and member and vice versa and then I just didn't believe in what we were doing as uh as a company and COVID on top of that just sent everything over the edge so I called my uh former boss and I told him hey FYI like if we don't change everything that we're doing as a business and how we work like his coaches and how we work with our clients, I quit. He's, you know, wait, what? Like, no, 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 hold on, take a deep breath. And I'm like, no, no, that's how I feel. He's like, call me back in the morning. You're just really stressed. I, I know you're upset. I'm like, okay, I'm going to feel the same way tomorrow morning. Called him back the next day. He's like, so how do you feel? I'm like, I'm good. He's like, so what do you think? I'm like, I'm going to quit or we're going to change everything. He's like, well, what do you want to change? And I said, everything. We, we had this way of working with uh, our members that just wasn't working. I didn't feel good about it. Members didn't feel good about it. Like we're kind of just beating a dead horse. And 
I think ultimately not everyone wants to be worked with in the same way. Like there are individuals that need like maybe more attention or less attention. So there's a fine line of like individualizing things for folks. Like some people, you can tell them what to do and they could just take it and run with it. Then there's other people where they need accountability. And then you have those folks that like you tell them what to do, you hold them accountable, but it's still really tough for them, which I see a lot nowadays. And I was seeing more and more and more of that through the pandemic, which for me brought me to my breaking point. So I started to reach out to some people that I was really close with at the gym. And some of them work in the health and fitness field. Uh, some of them are doctors, some are nurses, dietitians. And I'm really uh, close with a, a lot of my members. Uh, it's, it's like a big family here. And for the longest time, we've had like a few dietitians working out at Seatown that have been long-term members. Well, when I first got here, they had no part in like what we were doing. They really didn't work with us very much on, on things when it came to like nutrition plans and how to work with people on their food. And I was always curious as to why, like they just, they, they didn't play a bigger part. So when I became the head coach and took over, I decided, you know, Hey, I'm going to reach out to some of these people and see what they think. And sure enough, like it was like an open book. It was just a lot of things that we had been like, you know, maybe messing up or things that we weren't like really good at. We were trying to implement and I'm someone that feels, well, Hey, you know what? I'd rather not F this up myself. I'd rather reach out to the expert and see where we can make changes. And if they want to, you know, play a part in it, sweet. So Gretchen, who is one of our members, those of you guys that, that know Gretchen Spets, she's amazing. Um, she is not only an incredible like professional in her field of practice, but her she's got a infectious personality. She's a little sunshine. Ball. Yes, yes, she is. <laughs> I love Gretchen. So when she's watching this, hi Gretchen. Uh, but she and I talked uh, through 2020, and we decided we we're going to create this this program that was predicated on principles of lifestyle, not just hey, you're going to work out hard, you're going to be perfect on your diet and everything will take care of itself. So she herself has experienced like, you know, things through, you know, childbirth and being a mom, being a, a wife and, you know, having family obligations going on. Like, it's not as simple as, Hey, you should work out more and eat less and you'll be good. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that on social media. And every time I just cringe. Cause I think, how many times are we going to tell people that and they actually go out and try it and they end up in a worse spot than they are when they start mm -hmm. because they're malnourished, they're overtrained, they're stressed to the max and they don't sleep. I mean, that's what's all over Instagram right now is you need um, more supplemental training plans. More, more, more. Everything's more. You need less, less food, essentially. Yeah. So 
of all those things in mind, she and I started working on this lifestyle program that we have here at Seatown. And it started off really small. It started off kind of like working with individuals and then it became like a group. And we have a group call like each week and we do meetings uh, every other week. And these meetings are not just like, hey, let's go around and, you know, talk about each other's like, you know, progress this week or like what what was difficult for you. But like we do workshops and seminars on breathing, on stress management. Um, I like to do workshops on exercise because that's obviously mm-hmm. what I'm passionate about. But sometimes I get nitty grit, nitty and gritty on here's how we can optimize our exercise without adding more exercise. So, hey, you want to get stronger? Okay. The answer might not be let's just do more work after we just complete a, a class. Maybe we change things a little bit as far as how you operate in class. Um, I'm all about let's do less and get more out of it instead of let's do more to get more. It's part of that is just being focused and what you're at, what you're doing at the time. Yeah. So there's some people who go to the gym for four hours a day, but they're actually only working out for maybe an hour of it because they're sure busy I, talking on their phone on. I, I think it, well, watching you work out the other day and I know you've seen me like work out in here. I think it's really hit home for me lately, uh, you know, mentioning to you guys earlier that, you know, I've had, you know, hernia surgery and like I had that on the 12th of October. So now we're in January and, you know, I could be prideful and, and feel like, you know what, I can figure this out on my own, which I probably could, but it's so nice having a coach. Mm-hmm. So I went out and hired a coach for myself and this guy is, uh, he's from Columbus. And remember the first day I met with him and he had me working out. I was like, I was really hesitant. Like I needed a push to, to feel like it was okay to, to work out again. And I realized just, you know what? It's okay to, to get help. Like mm-hmm. You don't have to solve everything everything by yourself so a lot of these people that are in the lifestyle program um they are you know they're asking for help which you know they they probably tried a lot of diets they've probably tried to work out in a lot of different ways but it's still not happened for them but maybe they haven't looked at their sleep yet or maybe they have there is a huge complexity to the human body unfortunately we weren't given an owner's manual (laughs) so it's tough to navigate it sometimes but that's why that's why i have experts and a team of people here to help like it's you know kara you've been here for a while um gretchen has been around for a while i'm bringing in a mental health expert as well to play a part in that and the only the only thing that i I can think is, you know, is of more importance than exercise is getting right mentally. So you can be disciplined to stay with all the little things. People, for whatever reason, are okay with exercising, but they're not okay with exercising their mind. Yeah. I I think it's very important for everybody to have 
even if it's not technically a coach role, but it's somebody that they can go to because it's very easy to get stuck in your own head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to just have you, somebody analyze what you're doing. That's not in the, in the firing line. They're not on the trenches right there. They're able to step away from it and actually look at the situation. Um, and to your point, like uh, the mental side is, if, if that's not right, you're not going to go to, like, you're just not going to show up at the gym, right? Because you're going to get mm-hmm. distracted um, or, or whatever. Uh, By the way, that's a very tough thing to come to terms with. Like, I, I can't put this, uh, I don't want to put it lightly, like getting right upstairs is so hard to do. And it's very, it's very hard to do on your own. That's why having other people around is, is important. Yeah. And there's a lot of barriers that we, whether perceived or real, they're there. Um, and it prevents us just from taking steps like forward, the simplest steps, but the simple ones are the easiest to F up. Well, I think a lot of times it's because you don't, you know, to you, it seems normal. You don't think that there's actually anything going on. Yeah. Lack of insight is, I guess, the best way to describe that. Yeah. The. I, I, I just see more often than not nowadays that people are starting to wake up to the idea of, I don't know why I'm not motivated or I don't know why I can't stay consistent. And at least like the conversation can start there. Um, it's no longer just, I need to exercise more there. They actually understand that I just am not motivated. I don't know why, or I just can't get out of bed in the morning. So it's, I love those conversations because we can actually talk about stuff that is outside of the gym that has a huge impact on what they do in the gym. And that is that lifestyle group. It's creating awareness around what we're doing that is not inside these four walls that takes place the 23 hours a day that they're outside of here. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you've created this culture, this environment at your, at your gym. I, I think when you typically think of, you know, a CrossFit gym, you think of, or at least I, you know, I've been around the CrossFit scene for a while. Um, predominantly the type A individual that you have to pull the reins back on, right? It's not the person you need to motivate. It's the person that's working out seven days a week. And then they're going to go to orange theory on top of it. And they're going to go to their, their yoga class. Like they're working, they're doing doubles, right. Most days. Um, that's like that type a personality is what I typically think of when, when I think of like the average CrossFitter, what do you think has, um, shaped the culture for you at at C-Town? Like, why do you, cause I don't know that the, the average CrossFit gym is getting that person. The culture here is, I mean, I'm not going to take credit for it and say it's a reflection of me. I don't think, I don't think it's just me. I think, I think it's a reflection of the people that are here. Mm-hmm. Like I, if there's one thing I will say, I can learn from other people's mistakes. And I don't want to say that is like a bad thing. Um, I have been very fortunate, very fortunate. I would argue lucky (laughs) to be in some of the situations that I've been in uh, professionally and personally. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that, you know, my life's been hard growing up. I don't think it, it really was, but I was very fortunate to have 
parents that had an incredible work ethic, but they instilled, you know, in me just how to communicate with people, how to work with people, mm-hmm. but also how to feel emotions from other people. Mm-hmm. And when I got here, I got put in an environment with a bunch of people that were looking for that. And I was just able to connect. I, I think a, a big difference that I see um, comparing here, the environment and culture here compared to other CrossFit gyms that I've, I've been around, you know, the, the, probably the best way to describe it. Like in class, people aren't necessarily competing against everybody else like many CrossFit gyms do. Uh, Cause that's kind of been like the old school way of CrossFit. Whereas I think you guys were doing cleans the other day when I was here and everybody was stopping and cheering the other person in class on and then they'd go. And that's something that you just don't see a whole lot in, during, in CrossFit classes. Typically somebody puts weight on and the person next to them sees that and puts more weight on their bar. And that, yeah, sure. that stood out a lot. That was, that was big. Yeah. The, the community here enjoys each other's company like yeah it's cliche like people enjoy people um but i think i was maybe just in the right place at the right time um i've i've always wondered like i i like thinking really deep sometimes like a little too deep i daydream quite a bit um but i I have wondered sometimes like, how did I find myself in the situation that I'm in? And sometimes you can't explain it. Like it's okay though. Um, But I I like to think that the things that we're doing now at C-Town and as a group of coaches and myself as an owner, the reason for it is because I've seen so many folks struggle with this stuff for so long that I'm willing to, turn everything upside down and give people what they sometimes don't know that they need and not push it on them, but make it available to them. And eventually they'll have a light bulb moment, but I need to keep the community surrounded with this stuff that we're working on. So they know that it's there and they know that it's available to them because not everyone will want to, but some people do. And it's hard to ask for help, which is why I don't force help upon people, but instead I make it available. So it feels like an open environment and they can talk to anyone at any time. Yeah. This is something a little, little bit of a change of subject, but I think kind of along the same line, Karen, Karen and I were talking with Phil Weigel the other day. And, and this is just something I'm interested in right now is this idea of, are we training for performance or are we training for health? And, and kind of where is that line? And, and I would argue that a lot of the current fitness models out there are still performance-based. Like whether you're, you're looking at, you know, I'm going to train for a bodybuilding competition or figure competition, or you're training for sport, or it's an event like a triathlon or a race, the, the exercise is performance. Um, and then that just carries over into the more, 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 more thing, because I want to perform better. How do you look at that from a programming standpoint? Um, you know, given this culture that you have of, uh, I don't know, like it sounds to me like it is more health lifestyle focused. How do you create that environment within the gym? Um, is that something that you're doing intentionally or is that just kind of how it's, 
how it plays out? I love that question. A um, lot of layers to this. So I have to backtrack a little bit. And we've used a lot of programs here at C-Town, like a lot of different programs. We've, we've had people program for us. We've programmed internally. Um, and I'm very open with the members as far as like, yeah, like we're writing our own program right now, or, hey, we're using this program here. I'm not shy about that. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't try to keep it a secret. However, I've learned quite a bit just watching members, not only coaching, but just even watching one of my coaches coach. And I can step back and not just like analyze what my coach is doing, but what's going on with the class? What's going on with the people? How do they feel about this thing when they come in and they get ready to warm up? How's the warm up treat them? How do they look when they're going through their strength? What's their body language when they're getting ready to start the, like the, the conditioning portion? What's it like when they end? And then are they talking when they're walking out of the door at the gym? Are they smiling? Like all of those things I'm, I'm keeping track of. I write down and I store it. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen is there is a very unique balance between health and performance. So being a former athlete and being very competitive, just not outwardly competitive. Um, I'm very competitive with myself. And I've taken myself to what I call the pain cave or some pretty dark places Mm -hmm. uh, in my training. But that is some stuff you can't do every single day. There is there has got to be days where you recharge and then there's got to be days where you can push a little bit. And some of those days are predicated on how much stress do you have right now in your life? How much sleep did you get? So. I don't know what might be taking place at other gyms, but you need to present, like we present options to people. So instead of cornering them into, Hey, you're going to do this RX or you're going to do it scaled. Like, Hey, here are some options as far as what we can do. Here's the movement. But if that movement doesn't feel good, here would be the next best movement to give you the, a similar stimulus and a similar movement fashion. And here are some options for weights but you guys know we can do less than that. I just wouldn't recommend doing more. <laughs> so we, we sometimes, you know, we have to put a cap on people, but we do give people suggestions. We put it in our program, hey, here's, here's the RX, here's the scaled, but let's talk about where you are individually on doing this movement. You know, some, some people are going to be 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds away from maybe the RX weight. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why individual conversations are so important. And we're having those every single class. So can it be more demanding on the coach? Absolutely. Does it create a much more tight knit relationship between member and coach? Yeah, it does. So that's, those are just like some of the things that we do with the program. So we do tell people, Hey, today's a day where I want you to, I want you to go hard. Are you feeling good today? Did you get enough sleep? Did you get enough to eat? You you feel good after the warm up? Cool, let's freaking go. Mm-hmm. And if somebody else isn't like, hey, you know what? You've come in three days in a row. You're a little sleepy today. Maybe you're a little off. Hey, I want you to dial it back on this. Take it easy on this. Go a little bit harder on this, so you feel like you're moving for the day. 
do the first round like that, see how you feel. And if you feel pretty good, okay, let's, we can amp things up a little bit. Yeah. So it's, it's presenting options to 15 or 16 different individuals. Like I said, it, a lot of stuff happening around the coach, but it makes for a more unique experience that way. Yeah. I mean, I have to imagine that's part of why that's successful because to your point, it's not just the programming that dictates how hard somebody can go that day. Right. Like, yeah. My daughter woke up at four 30 this morning. I'm a little more tired than normal. Right. Cause <laughs> you got, you know, yeah. if you get four hours of sleep one night instead of your, you know, six to seven, then it's a different beast, you know, that's why you have 300 milligrams of caffeine. before you come in. <laughs> you know? yeah. it, it does work. I have a whole other thing, by the way. I have cycled off of that from time to time. We don't need, we don't need to go into that today. Yeah. Part three. Yeah. Hey, I saw, um, who was it? Somebody, somebody just presented some research that up to three cups of coffee is, is good for you. So a day, a day, three oh, cups of breakfast? Day. Oh, huh? oh. For say, breakfast, just right. breakfast and then lunch. How many milligrams of caffeine is, is that 300 think, milligrams? No, it, it, 240 probably. I think most people say 80 milligrams but, of caffeine, a cup of coffee. I, I mean, I won't lie. Like 40 milligrams takes me to the moon. Like That's I'm nuts. like, like I, a half a cup of coffee? I'm sensitive. I'm very sensitive. Sorry. I, my, yeah. Yeah. My wife always calls me sensitive. But in, in, uh, yeah, when it comes to caffeine, I, I'm like, I, I can't do it. It never. Now, like, I had, so former coach that used to work here, he's one of my best friends. He lives in St. Louis now. I'll reference him. Uh, his name's Chris. And he is an incredible human being. He would come in here to the gym so like he and i would be uh working like early mornings at 5 30 he'd be coaching the class i'd be doing like a private session and he's in the gym at five o'clock on his like 50th cup of coffee <laughs> and he's like how's it going i'm like <laughs> i can tell it's going pretty good for you <laughs> and yep. he's like yeah he's like i'll be out of here in a little bit um i'll be napping but yeah. he he would go through coffee like crazy, but I, that's just not something that I can do. I just, I'm not a coffee guy, by the way, if, if Chris watches this video, amazing coach. Sandwich technique of bad news is that you compliment bash compliment. Yeah. Like, <laughs> his classes, so he, he and I laugh about this. So he's actually working with me now. We're, uh, we're creating some more content like for, for C-Town. He's actually going to program a class uh, that we're going to have rolling out uh, soon to our members here in about a month. But I, I thoroughly miss working with him because, like I said, he was one of my best friends. But you meet those people every once in a while, and they don't come along very often where you can finish each other's sentences. <laughs> and literally be lockstep on just about everything but have so much fun together mm. and we used to be able to have conversations across the gym using movie quotes <laughs> and people would think like what the f is wrong with you <laughs> like, um but i love the fact that like i got to experience time with him and he is a very big reason why things operate as they do now here at Seatown because he was here 
and he was one that like really encouraged this lifestyle like shift Interesting. it was just way before his time like he had he had left moved back to st louis before i could get you know everything rolling but for those of those people that got a chance to work with him know how special of a guy he was i said to get to know him a little bit more he would have yeah. been perfect uh for our conversation yesterday big big cycling guy yeah he's been a great doesn't look show. like it he's jacked but yeah he's <laughs> wait now, now you gotta say something motor. negative so that you could add another compliment <laughs> I, I got a tough time saying something negative about yeah. other than his coffee drinking huh yeah <laughs> but yeah it, it brings me back to the whole like conversation about people like just people coming together you just sometimes you're in the right place at the right time yeah yeah wow that's wild um i mean i i think it's pretty cool to see the shift not just at your gym but i feel like these conversations are happening more and more like it's not just how hard can we push people every day? Um, but trying to fit things into what they need is, uh, it's definitely, it's interesting to see, um, the evolution of fitness in general. Uh, you know, you see, you go from like Jane Fonda aerobics to, you know, the different classes and you see all these different things. Totally. It'll be curious to see, you know, where do you think it'll be, let's say five years from now? Like, what do you think the evolution of, of this group fitness industry Oof, that's deep um you know i can tell you what like i dream of that i hope happens okay so it's really tough to tell like you know exactly where things will go there's so much stuff up in the air and a pandemic has a lot to do with that um i dream of the day where hopefully all three of us are still around and it's morbid <laughs> maybe like five years man five years yeah I, I, got a, <laughs> I got a real issue with that no i dream Make sure my life today. insurance policy is up to date <laughs> start, start making your arrangements man <laughs> i i hope i'm still around to see this is what i'm saying like it, i think it's going to take a long time and I hope to see the world get to a place where we don't treat fitness and health like we're buying a car or buying a house. What do you mean by that? So I think we're, we have this thing about us. Like when we buy something, we look at like, well, do I, do I really need that? Or like, well, I want the heated seats on the car but I really don't want to pay for it. So you know what? Never mind. Or like for the house, it's like, well, I want that house, but you know, maybe, maybe it's not the right time. So I'll, I'll go with this or, and vice versa. Like we, we treat it like we're buying a spec sheet or like a value stack. And to an extent, like to work on your health, it costs money. I like, I get that. And I'm on a budget just like anyone else is on a budget. However, like, when we get away from looking at health as like an option or is something that like isn't necessary that moment, we're missing the boat. Yeah. Because health is that moment. Like we live every minute of our lives based upon how we feel and our health determines how we feel. 
if we feel like shit, the day is probably going to go like shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting that that's where you went with that. I, I mean, I feel fortunate that like I've worked with people that have unlimited resources financially, right? Like unlimited. And if they're not, but if they can't move well, it doesn't matter, right? You still can't go on trips. You still can't go on vacations. You still can't do your, your thing. But we put such a, a, a priority on financial advancement, but the health advancement takes a back seat. And I'm as guilty as anybody, right? Like I started the business and I, that's all I was focused on is get, get the work stuff done, get the work stuff done. Um, I think it's okay to have time periods like that though. Like that happens. Yeah. yeah. Like nothing's going to be perfect. So like, like I said, getting back to the idea of like, you do what you can. Right. Um, but whether it's individual fitness or group fitness, I think, I, I think ultimately we got to get away from this idea that like, it's just about the fitness. Like if group fitness is going to continue, it needs to start going in other directions besides what's just happening inside the walls of the gym. Yeah. Well, when you start looking at some of the research on like anxiety, depression, neurodegenerative diseases, we're talking Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or pick your, your brain disease. Um, exercise is just such a powerful, like it modifies that stuff so much. Um, Total changer. I mean, that fascinating amount the like when you look at research and you see the differences in different mortality rates or the the odds of getting different mental or neural disease i mean it's crazy um but you have to go looking for that you have to go looking for that information right it's not that's not what's getting pushed to you on the new year's commercials and uh, that's not what sells unfortunately yeah yeah i mean how will it ever you know i've kind of been in the mindset you have to give people what they want. And then as you build that relationship, you can give them a little more of, of kind of what you think they actually need. But if you don't give them what they want first, they just, right. You, they're gone. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot of validity to that. Um, for sure. You got to give people a little bit of what they want. Cause ultimately they're there. Cause they kind of want to be a little bit. Right. Um, yeah. But as far as like the needs go, as I alluded to earlier, you surround them with, things that you know they need but maybe they don't like approach you right off the rip about it but if you surround them with it and you create a culture and an environment that talks about it a lot and makes it like a Mm -hmm. focus then maybe just maybe they wake up to it and they think you know what maybe i should try this and then it's them taking ownership over that thing versus you pushing it on them, forcing it on them. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. When people take ownership over their stuff, more more good things happen mm-hmm. than not. Do you read any of Jocko Willing stuff? <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Uh, <laughs> well, you use the word ownership. I have, I have actually. So, very unique perspective. Respect the dude, like In- you know, a whole lot. He's. He's got a very unique personality that doesn't ring for a lot of folks. Like yeah. it doesn't connect well. I'm somebody that I've been exposed to those personalities at a very young age. So I respect the hell out of the guy. Yeah. Um, maybe it's not necessarily exactly how I would like put it into like messaging, but what he says is 
yeah. there's a lot of truth to it. The re- the reason I asked, he, I think he's got, and he's got a couple of different books. I think there's one called like leadership strategies and tactics or something like that. So his big book was the extreme ownership. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he's got another one. That's like, it's a, it's a second or maybe even a third book. But anyway, one of the tactics in that book from a leadership standpoint was to, and this was more of a one-on-one conversation was to create the, in the environment when you're talking to somebody so that they can, instead of you pushing your opinion on them, you kind of set them up to make that their opinion, right? Like you're presenting ideas to them that they then can make their own and, and move forward with what you wanted anyway, kind of an idea. Totally. So it was, but it, you know, that was as if you were talking to your boss or your supervisor was kind of the approach, you know, like bringing up similar ideas that that supervisor may have had. And then kind of, the Hey, you know, you said this, um, I really like that idea. What if we kind of went with this so that now it's their idea and they move forward with the, the thing, but what you just said of creating the environment to just kind of surround them with it reminded me of that, but I haven't, I hadn't heard that in like a group a uh, group community perspective, but I really liked, I really liked that idea. I mean, I think that's it's, powerful. I have definitely tried to create a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy the people that I work with and I work with a very unique group of individuals like mm-hmm. that are some coaches here. One is a, I like to call him a former, uh, a rocket scientist because he actually works on like space program stuff in his, uh, in his former job. Uh, so for those of you know that, uh, Jared coach Jared here that works at C-Town, incredibly smart individual. And he likes to read up on a lot of things. He and I were chatting the other day. He referenced something very similar to what you just mentioned, Nick, which was, uh, there's a book called atomic habits. And he talks about like, if you want to do something different, you want to be someone different. You have to surround yourself with it. You have to become that. Like your habits are habits that a person that you're trying to become already does or is already like fully implemented. Mm-hmm. So if you want to like make a shift, you you create a lifestyle that embodies that instead of just, you know, trying yeah. to cram it in and then not have it be sustainable and then backing off of it. Like it has to be about the habits. It's not necessarily about the end goal, but it's about the things that actually accumulate success yeah. over time. I just watched a uh, Mark Bell, the powerlifter guy. Yeah, I love I mean, Mark Bell. He that, he has a thing. It just came out. It was about weight loss or something. And I've been watching more. I, I got onto his channel looking at intermittent fasting stuff, actually, because I'm intrigued by it. But <clears throat> and then I'm kind of been watching some bodybuilder stuff to see what they're doing training wise. And anyway, <clears throat> he just had a video where his comment was something like, you know, if you're 280 pounds and you want to be 180 pounds, you have to do things that 180 pound people do. It yes. was kind of like, it was like, oh, yes, simple. Yes. Very <laughs> simple. And he's shed like a ton of weight. Yeah, for anyone that's watched his story, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's a big dude that right. has shed quite a bit of weight off. It's a it's a pretty good YouTube video. I mean, it's funny. He, you know, he says some things that are a little off the wall. Um, but, sure. But I mean, you that's know what? his character too. Let but, it rip. But the yeah. content is sound, you know, as far as some of the sure. things go, you know. Um, 
Yeah, it's, he's it's, a big intermittent fasting um, proponent. Like he's mm-hmm. is quite a bit of that. Uh, and anyway, it was, works works for some people, doesn't work for other. Like again, true. it's the individualized. Yeah. You know, I would say individualizing things to each person's like life is key. Yeah, is what yeah, all and, this. And like, what else you got going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because if it doesn't fit into your lifestyle, it's never gonna. Well, sure. some of it you got to switch your lifestyle, right? But then some mm-hmm. things are, are hard fixed that you you can't yeah. use to. That that's a good point. And, and some people are coming in because their lifestyle mm-hmm. is like so out of whack. Right. Changing that's going to take time. So like exercise is like their first step. So you know it's like getting them to the point where they're consistent with that before you start to tackle other things. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's easier to tackle food first it just depends you know everyone's different in their you know in their journey yeah i think some people like that kind of little step you know kind of put your toe in the water and, and make a little change and then some people are like jump in and go for it yeah some people just need to be like pushed <laughs> into the pool yeah it happens we all need a little bit of that for so. sure well, hey, this was good. I think we're coming up on that hour mark. Um, anything you want to leaving remarks that you want to wrap up with? Um, for anyone out there that's trying to get their life together or back on track, um, don't try to go, you know, to your end goal tomorrow. Just understand that there will be failure. That's part of the 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 progress. Um, it's a very long race. And as my uh, buddy Chris in St. Louis would say, he's like, all we're trying to do is extend the race. I like that. So when we get to the finish line, here it is again, we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to extend that finish line. Optimal decline. This podcast has been morbid and made me upset about my caffeine intake. That's what's <laughs> <laughs> <Love> you, buddy. <laughs>